Well, good morning, Taff. We've been stuck at home now for weeks, months even for some of us, and I don't know about you, but cabin fever might be starting to set in. The realization that those summer vacations probably aren't going to happen. So let's get a little interaction going here. Down in the comments of where you're watching, if you could go anywhere on a summer vacation this year, where would you want to go? So type it in there, see where everyone was, was, would like to go for summer vacation this year and get some discussion going back and forth. But I realized since we can't actually go on vacation, what I thought we could do is maybe, just maybe, we could take a trip together. I mean, I, I figured with us being stuck inside, we clearly would want to go somewhere outside. So I thought, what if we took a trip to the Grand Tetons. Part of that video was filmed in Bridger Wilderness area. And as I was reading about it and watching the video, I came across the fact that there is a comment box located at the base of the mountain where hikers can leave suggestions. And I found some of those suggestions that were left a bit interesting. So let me read three of them to you. The first one says, please avoid building trails that go uphill. A little hard to do. Second one said, ski lifts need to be in some places so that we can get to the wonderful views without having to hike to them. Again, interesting. And the final one, maybe my favorite one said, escalators would help on the steep uphill sections. Perhaps people forgot that they were trying to hike up a mountain. It's supposed to be hard. Challenges and difficulties are all part of the journey. But the truth is, most of us don't really like hard times. We just don't like them. The last few months, if they've shown us anything, it's how uncomfortable we are with difficulty. We don't like struggle. We don't like pain. We don't like tough times. We're more comfortable with the path that's level and smooth and where we don't have to take any steep uphill climbs. Most of us, do all that we can to avoid the pain and the struggle. There's just one problem. Pain and struggle are inevitable. Struggle is a part of life. So, quite frankly, maybe the one thing that we all have in common right now is a struggle. See, for some of us, tough times are a brand new experience. For others, tough times are all too familiar. And for some of us, our tough times have nothing to do with COVID-19. The brutal reality is that we all struggle through tough times. Now, it might be something that you got yourself into. A poor decision that has taken you down a path 
he never intended to go. It could be a situation brought on by someone else. Perhaps your pain is a result of someone else's bad decision. Or maybe, like right now, it could just be that life hits you with circumstances beyond anyone's control. No one's to blame for it, but nonetheless, here we are. Struggle is a reality of life. What I want to suggest in this series that I'm going to start today is that it's how we go through what we're going through that really matters. And how we respond to the difficult circumstances that can set a trajectory for the rest of our lives and the rest of our journey with God. So I want to talk about three phases, three stages, and it's not the phases to get North Carolina open again, it's, it's three phases or three stages in your spiritual journey. The first stage is called confident faith. We typically have confident faith when we first come into a relationship with Jesus. It's a stage that can last for a long time. We're excited. It feels like we're finally getting what we hoped it would be. Prayer seems to really make a difference in our life. Obedience to God's command results in blessings in our life. We feel a lot of joy and a lot of gratitude. No matter how long this session of confident faith lasts, inevitably, at some point, we will find ourselves in a new season, a new stage. The second stage we'll call challenged faith. Suddenly, Everything that seemed to work in confident faith stage just doesn't seem to work anymore. Fears emerge. Doubts grow. We feel like God has stopped hearing our prayers. Obedience doesn't seem to be getting us anywhere any longer. We long for the days when our faith seemed new and fresh and unstoppable. I want you to Take a second right now and just write down. If you have a piece of paper, you can do it there. You can write it on your phone. If you feel comfortable enough, you can write it in the comments where you're watching. But write down what in your life is hard right now. What's causing that pain? What is causing the suffering in your life? Just take a moment and write a few words that represent what it is that you're going through. A little bit later, we're going to come back to that. But see, that stage of challenged faith has the potential to take us to the next stage, which we'll call living faith. Living faith is a deep and abiding faith that remains strong in the midst of life's most difficult circumstances. Most of us want this kind of faith. We want a living faith. We want to be able to live with peace and hope and confidence no matter what life throws our way. But here's the thing. 
the only way to grow a living faith is to journey through the challenged faith stage. We don't like the challenged faith stage, but to get to the living faith stage, we have to go through it. So in this series, we're going to focus on the journey through challenged faith. And how do I get through what I'm going through? We're going to look mainly at a story from the Old Testament, when God's people were taken through tough times. We're going to look at the book of Exodus. And let me give you a little background about what's happened up until this point. A severe famine was in the land, and God's people, the Israelites, came to the land of Egypt. They went there because one of their own, a man by the name of Joseph, had found favor with the Egyptian king. In fact, in fact, Joseph rose to second in command of all of Egypt. The king gave the Israelites their own land. They had a good life at the beginning. But several hundred years later, that favor has long been forgotten. They're now living in slavery. They're mistreated. They're abused. Their lives are brutally hard. And they're faced with a question. How will they get through what they're going through? And we're going to look at today, we're going to look at two different scenes from their story and see two very different responses. We're going to pick the story up in Exodus chapter 3. God has chosen a man by the name of Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. It, it tells us that Moses was out tending a flock of sheep of his father-in-law when he came upon what is called the mountain of God. Let me read it to you. It says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Probably would freak you out, wouldn't it? Understand, though, that all throughout the Bible, fire is used as a frequent sign of God's presence. Moses sees this bush burning and did what any intelligent person would do. He walks closer to investigate what in the world is going on. And as he gets closer, the Lord begins to speak to him from within that burning bush. And here's what the Lord says. He says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. I want to draw our attention in particular to one verse there. What were the people of Israel doing in response to their suffering? Verse 7, it tells us, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out. 
How did they respond? They cried out to God. In the midst of their misery, in the midst of their suffering, they cried out to God. A lot of us have been doing that lately, haven't we? God, like a loving father who deeply cares for his children, sees his people. He hears their cries, and God says, I'm concerned about their suffering. And he's ready to take action. It's crucial. It's crucial for us to remember that this God of the Israelites is the exact same loving Father who sees and hears and is concerned for our pain and our struggle. A few chapters later in Exodus chapter 13, God intervenes and responds to the cries of his people. Moses leads the Israelites out of slavery. And there's an interesting point. Let me read it to you. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. As I read that, it makes you wonder, did God need a map? Was his GPS not working? Why didn't he take them on the shorter route to the promised land? It was probably, for the Israelites, it was probably the last thing they were expecting. Ending up in the desert probably didn't feel much like being rescued. The more I think about it, our lives feel like that sometimes, don't they? We find ourselves in a place that doesn't look or feel like we're being rescued. We cried out to God, and our circumstances, they may have changed, but we find ourselves traveling a road that's not what we were expecting. The path of rescue can be the place of challenged faith. God is at work, but we still find ourselves feeling like prayer isn't changing things. We, we wonder if God's listening or if he even cares about us. We may even begin to, get to doubt God's existence, or at least his goodness. Why do we do that? See, it's because we've ended up in a place that doesn't feel like we've been rescued. Is anyone feeling like that today? But if we continue in this story, a lot of things happen to them on that desert road. The Israelites see God leading them in a cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night to show them the way. They see the Red Sea miraculously parted to allow them to escape the pursuing Egyptian army. They see salt water turned into fresh drinking water to quench their thirst in the desert. They see miracle after miracle, acts of God, supernatural intervention. All along that desert road, they get to watch God do some amazing and you'd think that they'd be 
uh, ready for whatever was next, right? That they'd have that living faith to handle the challenges that came up next. Well, not too fast. How did the Israelites, that very same group of people, respond to this next season of challenged faith? We find it in Exodus chapter 16 when it says this, In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Aaron is Moses' brother. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. How quickly they forgot everything God had done for them. After all the great things they had seen God do, their faith begins to crumble. They complain about where they are and what they don't have. They haven't ended up where they thought rescue would take them. Their cries to a loving father have turned into complaints against an absentee boss. One group of people, two very different responses. In Egypt, they cried out to God. In the desert, they complained. There's a distinct difference between crying out and complaining. A complaint is a verbal tirade against injustice that we perceive has been inflicted on us. It's like saying, I deserve better than this. Whereas a cry is a, a deep lament, a plea for help in the midst of our suffering. The difference between the two can be boiled down to one word. Trust. In crying out, we express a determination to trust God. We express our pain and suffering and a real need for rescue. But we trust Him. In crying out, we trust that we have a loving Father who sees us, who hears our cries and is concerned about us. We trust him even when his response isn't what we expected. But complaining about God is the opposite of trusting him. We decide that we know what's best, and we demand that God respond how we choose. Anyone find themselves complaining to God lately? No, I have. But here's the bottom line. The bottom line is every single one of us are going through or will go through tough times, a, a season of challenged faith. Now, Take a look at the things that you wrote down earlier, the, the, the painful things that you're going through. 
What has you feeling like you're lost in the desert? What about life has you feeling disappointed, disillusioned, maybe even questioning your faith? For some, your desert is full of unanswered questions. Life doesn't make too much sense right now. Maybe it's work, maybe it's finances, maybe it has to do with your health. Here's the thing. You are one person, but you have two possible responses. Today, I want to encourage you to cry out to your loving Father. Maybe you're afraid to, or maybe you feel uncomfortable with it, but let me, let me tell you, let me assure you, that is actually what God wants you to do. He wants you to cry out to Him. So in this season of challenged faith, will you cry out to your loving Father? We want God to take away the pain, and sometimes... He does. But every time, all of the time, he says, I'm concerned about your pain. I will walk with you through the desert. Cry out to me, and I promise to be there with you. Will you cry out to your loving Father? On the night before his death, Jesus cried out to his father. He asked if it would be possible to be delivered from the suffering that was coming. But yet, he chose to endure the most excruciating desert experience that anyone could ever imagine. Jesus' suffering on the cross may not give us the reason for our pain and suffering. It might not explain the fear and the worry that so many of us are feeling right now. But it does tell us the reason, what the reason is not. The reason we're going through this is not that God doesn't love us. The cross upon which Jesus died, as awful as it was, demonstrates God's love for the world. The cross says that God will be there with us in the desert. He's not indifferent. The cross means that Jesus went through the ultimate suffering for us. Will you cry out to him? Will you cry out to your loving Father in this season of challenged faith. Regardless of what happens tomorrow, next week, next month, God will be with you. He's concerned for you. He will help all of us get through what it is that we're going through. All you have to do Heavenly Father, thank you 
Thank you for the assurance that no matter what we're going through, when we're in a season of challenged faith, thank you for always being there. Thank you for that assurance that all we have to do is cry out to you. And you will give us all that we need. Thank you so much for dying on that cross, taking the suffering that we deserve, and giving us the opportunity to move from challenged faith to a living faith in you. In Jesus' name.